Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! <laughs> what would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on. A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. <laughs> be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org, from Louisville Public Media. Consequence Podcast Network. And welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with... It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org, Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks, as always, for making your way here, for checking out the episode. Please do hit that subscribe button while you're hanging around. You do that, I'll give you three brand new interviews every single week, a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. To keep you up to date on your favorite artists and discover the new ones, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, NPR, WFPK.org, Consequence, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from, you can subscribe to Kyle Meredith With. And if you're already subscribed, thank you. Now, the best thing you can do is uh, give the show a rating, leave a review wherever you're listening from. That goes so far in helping a podcast like this. Subscribe, rate, review, and I really do appreciate it. And I'll do my part in keeping the uh, the great guests coming. Just recently, we talked with uh, Neil Halstead of Slow Dive, Emily Hampshire, you know her from uh, Stevie, Schitt's Creek, uh, the band Neck Deep. Actor Michael Shannon was here to nerd out about some uh, REM. We talked with uh, Carrie Brownstein and Corin Tucker of Slater Kinney. Actor Eduardo Franco from Stranger Things. Jack Antonoff, who's the behind the production behind Taylor Swift and Lord and Lana Del Rey. Uh, he's got a new Bleachers album. We hung out with uh, Peter Capaldi who played Doctor Who behind his new show, Criminal Records. McKenna Grace, you know her lately of the uh, new uh, Ghostbusters movies. She's got new music as well. Janelle Monet was here. Andy Taylor of Duran Duran. Josh Homme of Queens of the Stone Age. Dolly Parton got the year started. Just an example of what you get when you subscribe to the Kyle Meredith with podcast. And that's me, Kyle Meredith, today talking with actress Monica Raymond and showrunner Rebecca Cutter, both on to discuss the third and final season of Hightown that's playing now on Stars. You know, Hightown, the uh, the crime drama. Uh, Monica's uh, Jackie Quinones, uh, it plays the lead. Uh, of course, she's a cop, but also she's an addict, and, and the drama that goes along with all of that. So, going to be talking with... Well, we'll start with Monica. She's going to tell us about how, uh, you know, season three opens up not just as a puzzle to be solved, but one that has to be put together through a alcohol and drug-induced two-day blackout that her character arrives in, and the grand reckoning that she has to go through over the course of the uh, concluding seven episodes. While Rebecca is going to go on to discuss the need to get as much story and action in as possible... Uh, bringing in Janine Sorales, whose character Rachel is all kinds of crazy, and what we can look forward to on Rebecca's next series, The Hunting Wives. I'm also going to ask the two about uh, directing their episodes this season, uh, as well as the emotional heaviness, uh, what it's like living with these characters over the past four years. You'll get all that and more as we talk the third and final season of Hightown, playing now on Stars. 
It's Kyle Meredith with Monica Raymond and Rebecca Cutter. Hi, Kyle. Hi. So enjoyed the season. I, I, even when I'm not watching it, I'm thinking about it. Uh, let's see. Rebecca, we'll, we'll start here. Knowing that this is the final season, what does that do for the storytelling? I mean, d- d- is it different from you know the other two, how, how you went into this one? Yeah, I think it's at a faster pace. I mean, also because it's only seven episodes, it was like... We got it. We got it some work to do. So it was a it's a breakneck pace. And uh, I had to leave it all out there. You know, and anything that I had wanted to save for future seasons, it's like now's the time. So um, I think it's pretty ballsy and pretty, uh, pretty exciting. I, I you know, for me, what my perception anyway is like it's a shame because the show is so exciting and I do love the storytelling and I feel like it's probably still finding its audience. Uh, and I don't know if you sort of have the same feeling because I hear more and more people talking about it as it's coming along. Yeah, yeah, man. That's it's it's funny though. It's a it's a it's a wild west world now in TV and film landscape. It's really hard to to predict any of that. I I want everyone in the world to see this show everywhere. Yeah. So <laughs> that's the dream. That would be yeah. such amazing. But I mean, the good news is nothing goes away anymore. Like yeah. people can keep discovering it even after it's on the air. And hopefully now that there's three seasons, that's like a real body of work. I know some people like to wait and start things after they're done. I mean, I do that. I started Barry like last month. So yeah, uh, maybe it'll find a whole new audience. Yeah. Now. And then you can binge it. Yeah. Right. Right. Oh, man, I'd love to binge this show in like Me one too. weekend. I can't stand to wait. <laughs> uh, well, getting into the, the plot and everything, uh, you know, it's a really interesting beginning. We're on the beach, two-day blackout. I started thinking of shows like Memento, you know, where uh. everything had to be put together backwards. Like, how did you all want to do that? Because it feels like this is a really fun way to tell the at least the first half of this season of what the hell is going on. Well, I love the metaphor of like you know you're investigating something but you're really investigating yourself and i kind of think like every detective story if every good one sort of is that um so this one is like a little more literally that um it's sort of like she is the mysterious body that we find so it's like it, be, it jackie is at the center of the mystery this season which i i love as kind of metaphorical but also literal yeah, Monica, uh, the um, the lines here, you know, I, I knew that I couldn't drink since I was 17. You know, it feels like she's tired of herself. She knows that she's destructive. You know, mm-hmm. there's a grand reckoning. I mean, the reckoning is sort of always there, but especially in this one. I don't know. Can you talk a little bit about the journey and, and how as an actor, you know, you've got to make that shift at some point, right? Yeah, man, it's a great, you're very good at this. (laughs) There is a grand reckoning. Yes, that's exactly right. And she is sick and tired of being sick and tired. She says, I have, I've been, I knew I couldn't for whatever, half of her life, right? So what has half of that life been? You know, it's coping every single day uh, and misusing alcohol or drugs or partying or sex um, just to like stay alive and to try to feel something. And being with Jackie through all of that and how she's able to hopefully reckon with with that and come out at the other side, um, you know, learning that she doesn't need all of those things to to be herself and to feel a connection with herself and the people that she loves. That's ultimately what we all want. Hmm. Um, how, and then also, like, finally, she, her her mission or her calling, I would say, is to is to help people. She knows how to help 
she knows that she that's what she wants. She doesn't know how to do it mm. without hurting herself or sometimes the very people that she's trying to help. So, gosh, that was good. <laughs> it sounded great. You're really good at this. <laughs> You're really good at this. I feel like we should do this again sometime. <laughs> I would love to. And we'll be right back right after this. Shout out to uh, Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Uh, I, I live in Kentucky, in the Midwest, and allergies, yeah, I suffer. When I say I suffer from allergies, I suffer from allergies. And around here, everyone I know deals with allergies to some degree. And for a long time, I thought it was just something that I would have to live with, which is a real problem um, for anything, but especially when you're a radio host. It affects my voice, it affects my mood, it affects everything. And I feel like I've tried every, I've tried all the medicines. Some of them work better than others, but there's there's never a perfect one out there, especially because some of them take forever to actually work and some of them don't work at all. And then there's Astapro, the fastest solution to nasal allergy symptoms. It's what I use now, and it's definitely changed my life. Astapro is the first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Uh, Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. With all the pollen in the air, with all the dust around the the corners of the house, uh, even with uh, the allergies I have from my dog, Astapro has been the nasal spray that has helped me with all of my allergies. And it can help you too. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Monica Raymond and Rebecca Cutter. Do you, do you find that you're the type, like, playing a character like this for as long as you have now for these three seasons over multiple years? Is it emotionally heavy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is uh, for for me. But you know, Rebecca, Rebecca is such a great collaborator. We work very intimately together on the show, so um, it's almost like I immersed myself completely in it for three years. And every day, like we we give ourselves to our work, so it can be emotionally taxing. Um, whenever you know we wrap and we go home for the day, but on set like there's also so much joy and so much lightness when we're filming these really dark scenes it's important to keep that going because um because it's fun it's it's still fun to do you know it's sad and dark but it's really fun to shoot i I will say in some of these scenes um rebecca i I don't know how much you could talk about the addition of uh well what you've got going on with rachel because this seems like like, what can we do with this character? How much, how far can we write this character? Like, what What was that? You know, that's one of those situations where the casting ended up being so good and so much better even than what we imagined in the room. You know, it was one of those things where, like, she could be this type of person or she could be this type of And then this Janine came in and just 
killed it and everybody was invigorated by her she just brought this new energy and um i don't think you got to have a scene with her but i direct her oh you directed her yeah she's you know what i mean yeah she's oh she's amazing i'm like huge fan just a powerhouse she just pops and so she's incredible you know but it's fine but i think i'd written them all before we cast it so it's like so that was just one of those situations where you just get the gift of seeing it come alive from and it, and can't really take credit for it at a certain point because she's just going with it, you know. Every time she's on the screen, I find myself going, no, 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 no. <laughs> in the best way. Uh, Monica, you did direct. And and that's happened before, obviously, in the past. But with this one, I'm looking at it, what, episode three with a Fallbrook. Mm-hmm. What, what, how did you want to go? Uh, how did you want to tackle that one? I mean, what is it for you to make that transition and, and maybe even specifically on this episode? This is good. This is a good question. Um, I'm still learning my process of directing while I'm acting in something. I've done it twice now and, and I'm figuring that out in real time, actually. Yeah. Um, that story line, I'm trying to remember, that was with Michael and with the girl and stuff. So it was important for me to like make sure that we could track, make it very clear what was happening in the episode. Something that I like to do as a director, I really like to focus on performances because I'm an actor and that's sort of my, that's where I feel really good. So um, collaborating with the actors and then if Jackie's in a scene, really letting the co-stars be a part of the decision making when we're blocking it we're coming up with it together i always have a plan of course but it's really important that the other people in the scene take ownership over it when i'm directing um and that's that's like a very singular specific technique that i'm figuring out as i go i don't know does that make sense what i'm saying it it does and i'm I'm even impressed like i'm impressed with any time you know shows multiple directors that happens that's the norm but that you can keep the tone of it and maybe somehow give your own imprint. Like, I don't know how important that part is, but but that that tone is still there. I mean, how important is that for you, for either of you? It's when you're probably directing? the most important thing is like, yeah. is if I'm directing, if I'm directing a show, any show, I'm a director for hire. Um, so the most important thing is that I make sure that Rebecca's tone is achieved no matter what, because she's the story writer. She's the boss. She, every word is important to make sure that we keep it in the world of the play i can like bring my own vision to it but my job is to make sure that my bit is a part of a whole she's a fantastic director and we were it's just the fact that she knows the world and she knows the characters um i mean you have a fantastic eye too but like you that consistency and the love you show to the cast and to have to give everyone their best performance it's 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 she's a very special director i'll say that thank you (laughs) Very special director. And we'll be right back right after this. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Monica Raymond and Rebecca Cutter. And I love the soundtrack. I always love the soundtrack. It's one of my favorite soundtracks. I was taking my notes, Southern Culture on the Skids and the Regrets and the Text Tones. It's top-notch music. And uh, my my props to the music supervisor, whoever's putting the stuff out there, too. So Keir Lehman. Yeah, right on. And then The Hunting Wives is next, I read. Yeah. Looking forward to that. A little, a little lighter, although still a lot of murder and um, <laughs> a lot of sex and a lot of soap and a lot of propulsion and a lot of excitement. Um, but yeah, it takes place in Texas with a bunch of wealthy housewives and uh, we'll start shooting later this year. Well, I look forward to everything from both of you all. Uh, this season was so much fun and I seriously mean that. Uh, thank you for doing what you all do and, and for, of course, taking the time to talk about it. Thank you. Thank you. 
My thanks to Monica and Rebecca. Season 3, the final season of Hightown, is playing now on Stars. Thanks to you, of course, for checking out the episode. Please, again, do hit that subscribe button while you're hanging around so you can keep up with all the interviews that you'll get every single week. New and every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at Spotify, at Apple Podcasts, NPR, WFPK.org, Consequence, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from, you can subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. And then do me a favor. After that, head over to WFPK.org. You see, that's where I do a show Monday through Friday, starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. You get four hours of great new cuts. You get classics from the 80s and 90s. There's uh, lots of music news, bonus interviews as well. One of my recent episodes had the uh, feature of the music of, uh, let's see, the Pixies, the Clash, the Specials, Nouvelle Vague, uh, Fatboy Slim, no doubt, David Bowie, Yola, My Morning Jacket, Waxahachie, Bob Dylan, Etta James, Pearl Jam, Paul Westerberg, Noah Kahn, Mumford and Sons, Moby, Beastie Boys, The Mountain Goats, St. Vincent, Middle Kids, Portugal, The Man, Rebecca Ferguson, and my interview with actor David Alan Greer as we talked about The Color Purple. Again, just an example of what you get every weeknight starting at 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the old social media sites. The address is always the same. It's at Kyle Meredith. So I do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith, and I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org, from Louisville Public Media.